Welcome to the Hair What I'm Saying podcast, where I spill the beans on one of my craziest encounters with whom seem to be an ideal client. I'm your host, Kenitra, and I will be sharing an experience that nearly pushed me away from my beloved salon chair. But through the madness of it all, I've learned some invaluable lessons, and I'm here to share them with you. So brace yourselves as we journey back to February 2021, where the nightmare on Elm Street meets the vintage hipster salon with a client I've come to call the Consultation Chameleon. Let me take a few breaths before I begin, (sighs) because this story still to this day gives me severe anxiety and it damn near pushed me away from being behind a chair. I can honestly say I have not healed completely from that experience. And I know if I were to experience another episode like that again in my life, I would gladly walk away from behind a chair for good and ever. This nightmare on Elm Street took place sometime around February 2021. This particular client, who I will be referring to as the consultation chameleon, booked an appointment for a phone consultation. The day she booked the phone consultation was the first day of their horrific winter storm in Texas that left us deprived of almost every natural resource you could possibly imagine. I was actually on my way to the salon during this winter storm, but didn't know how terrible it actually was but it progressively got worse and worse. My first client and I were to meet at the salon, but she didn't feel comfortable driving and asked if we could reschedule. I began to think I might need to reschedule the remainder of my day as well. So that's what I did. I remember I had a phone consultation with the consultation chameleon after the first client they had rescheduled, but realized I would be traveling on the road instead of at the salon during her appointment since I decided to reschedule my day. I reached out to her to inform her and she stated, for your safety, we can reschedule. I thought to myself, wow, I like her already because unfortunately we don't ever receive that kind of selflessness from a client in our industry. We can be in a hospital bed sick with tubes coming in and out of our rectums. And their only concern is, will you be well enough to do my hair by my appointment time? (laughs) So I followed up with the consultation chameleon and we had a great talk. She was very thorough about her goals and concerns for her appointment. She had somewhat of a mohawk pixie haircut and wanted to add hair extensions to her hair for length and color to the hair extensions as well. She also mentioned she had overprocessed her hair with relaxers during the pandemic. And it's okay to receive an installation if you have chemically overprocessed your hair because it actually gives your hair an opportunity to take a break from the constant manipulation of everyday wear and tear. Or you can be the client who chooses to treat her hair regularly so that it can receive reconstructive treatments in order to repair the damage. And she chose this route instead. We move forward with scheduling a salon appointment However, the weather did not permit even after a week, so we had to reschedule. 
On the day of her appointment, the consultation chameleon arrived on time, but forgot her bundles and asked if it was okay for her to go back home to pick them up. Even though I did not have the time, I told her yes and just asked my client after her if she could come 30 minutes after her appointment. She came back, consulted more for clear understanding, and I began the appointment. Also, as a disclaimer, the reason why I was okay with giving the consultation chameleon the green light before consulting with my second client to make sure she could come 30 minutes later is because if my second client could not come 30 minutes later, I was okay with skipping my lunch break. So in the event the second client couldn't make it, I was just like, it's all good. I'll just skip my lunch break. It's okay. During the appointment, the consultation chameleon was not a social butterfly, which is not an issue for me because I'm truly an introvert at heart and not everyone is up for conversation and that's okay. I asked her a few questions, but she only answered and didn't really engage back to continue the flow of conversation. I can read the room, so that's what I did and I only talked if needed to. We closed out the appointment. She tipped me $40 and asked if it would be possible to set another appointment in the future to add more color to her extensions. She also asked for a barber recommendation because as I mentioned, she had a mohawk pixie and I don't clip or cut nobody but my son. I thank God the barber I was going to recommend in the building was not there because I know for sure she would have had a similar experience based on the events that occurred later with this client and I would have felt horrible and responsible for everything that the consultation chameleon could have handed her, okay? (laughs) She texted me two days later to set up her appointment and wanted to add more extensions in the front of her bang area along with the color that she mentioned at her appointment, the previous appointment. I gave her the option of coming in on that following Monday or Tuesday. She waited an additional two days before she responded and asked for that Monday. During those two days of waiting for a reply from her, my Monday got filled with personal events. But I told her I still have that Tuesday available. This is when all hell just broke loose. She follows up and says, I can't keep rearranging my schedule for you. I was so confused at this comment because her first reschedule was due to a family emergency. And her second reschedule from 10 a.m. to 10.30 a.m., had everything to do with her leaving her hair extensions at home. Those were the only rescheduled dates in which I informed her. Then she proceeds with talking about how much she hates her hair, and I overprocessed her bundles, and her tracks were visible, and too much hair was left out. How are tracks visible? If too much hair is left out, and how do you overprocess bundles using a 10 volume developer with lightener? That is completely impossible unless you brought some bundles to me that were already in bad condition, and they were not. So I knew that that was not true. She sends pictures as a point of reference. However, the pictures that she showed me was not what she left with. 
you know, one thing clients need to also understand is you have your own responsibility of upkeeping your hair at home as well. The picture she sent me, she still had not even went to see a barber to taper her size or cut down her size to complete her final look for her shape up because there was some hair that I did not bother that was growing out from when she had previously had a clipper cut. So if she would have followed up with a barber like she should have, she would have had a more clean and professional finish. That's why even with my brides, I encourage them to come to their bridal trial with makeup on, with like a lingerie or satin top or dress and not with a hoodie and not with a t-shirt because you cannot envision what your overall look will look like if you're dressed in streetwear with no earrings or no jewelry to complement your look. You're not able to appreciate the final look until you can see it to its entirety. Still confused because I don't understand why you would want a second appointment after someone ruined your hair and also tip them $40 at the completion of the appointment if you were so unhappy. I don't remember the rest of the conversation. Besides me trying to understand how we went from where we were to that level of escalation all of a sudden, she demanded her money back minus the tip because at this point, there was no way in the world I would take her as a client to adjust her initial request. So I had to make a decision on if I was going to grant her second request. I'm a fair person and I can see and understand different perspectives mostly but not this one because I knew I didn't do anything wrong and I did not decline her appointment until she became hostile. Trust me, everyone in life, the best teacher is mistakes. I have messed up in my past and I have also not charged a client behind my mess up. So I, like I said, I'm a fair person. It's not that I did not want to give her money back. It was a simple fact that she did not have an issue. <laughs> I spent five hours with this client and there was no way I was going to give her money back that easily. But after some careful thought and consideration, I decided I would refund half of her money back. She never followed back up after I informed her. I issued the refund and that was what I thought was the end of it slightly until she followed up two days later again and demanded a full refund. I don't know what it is with her in these two-day increments. I mean, it was pretty unusual. (laughs) I explained to her I have to be compensated for the time invested in her appointment. And that was the best I could offer, especially when there was nothing wrong with her hair and she still had it up. Meaning she still had these extensions installed in her hair. If you hate it so much, why isn't your hair taken down? And let me say this, her hair definitely needed to be shaped up to complete her final look. It's like going to the salon to get your locks retwisted as a man and don't get your shape up from your barber. Or if you have a pixie haircut and you don't get your neck tapered and you just get it styled. The final look cannot be as crispy and clean and appealing as you would like if you don't take care of the whole thing. 
I told her I don't clip or cut, okay? So those services were not going to be rendered by me. Her hair that was shaved was growing out of a design and it was cut close to her scalp. So the growing back phase was very patchy and uneven. And I gathered that information from her when I asked out of concern because I thought someone gave her a botched shape up from its appearance, not knowing she had a design that was cut close to her scalp. She then threatens to sue me after I denied a full refund. I proceeded to tell her that's completely fine with me. Do whatever it is you need to do that's best for you because I am really skipping over a lot of the back and forth because I don't remember everything word for word verbatim and I don't want to unintentionally, you know, give you information that doesn't have full clarity. But I spoke with a few colleagues and family members about it, and they all just told me to send her the full refund because it's not worth going through all of the legal hassle and never allow her to book again. That was still so hard to do because time is a thing that I've learned. Slowly learned is way more valuable than money. And that was a complete waste of my time just giving her the money back. But you know what? Peace of mind is priceless. So I decided to refund her the money back in its entirety. She never responded. This all took place on a Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021. She filed a small claim citation on March 5th, 2021. Initially, I tried refunding her on Southseed, but they wouldn't allow me to split it in half. So I refunded her via PayPal in which she paid for her phone consultation when we initially spoke so she could receive her full refund immediately. She contacted me on March 8th with a screenshot in my email to let me know she received the full refund, but in order to proceed with dismissing a claim, I would have to pay the filing fee back for the small claims. First of all, I didn't even know this lady proceeded with filing a claim because I gave her money back before she even filed via PayPal, which means those funds were instant. <laughs> At this point, there was no way in hell I was going to give this lady any more money, especially after she received the refund three days before she filed the suit. I told her, I'm not your personal ATM machine. And if you want to move forward with your suit, then I'll just see you in court. I hired a lawyer to make sure if someone had to inconvenience my time and finances to this extent, I was going to win that case and she was definitely going to pay for it. One thing I failed to mention as well is Stacy actually accidentally refunded her the full refund. On top of she had an additional refund from PayPal that I never received back to this day and I informed her about that in the email whenever she emailed me letting me know that she went ahead and filed for her suit and I never received that additional money that she had received from me to this day and I didn't even press the issue but had she moved forward with her claim I was going to countersuit anyway so I was just going to add those missing funds in my countersuit 
But let me take a moment to let you all know how supportive this one group of friends that visit my salon were for me during this time. I had this one client by the name of Franella, who has been the most supportive client in every area you can possibly imagine during my years behind the chair. She was more furious about this situation than I was. (laughs) Franella is the ideal client and then some. She gathered all of her friends that visited my salon and asked them to help me through this situation. And they did. Shout out and much love overflows to Franella, Tiara, Lola, and Nikki. These girls right here. Who I love y'all dearly and I extend my greatest appreciation to you all because y'all didn't have to do that. Fast forward seven months later, the week before we are to go to court and she drops a small claim. I don't know if she was calling my bluff, but I will never allow anyone to drag me through anything like that ever again. Oh, and one thing I failed to mention was she was suing me for a little over $700. And the only reason why I can gather the additional $400 from what I refunded her, which still don't make sense because you received the full refund back. So I don't know why I'm being resued for money that you already have. I guess the cost of her bundles, I have no idea. But yeah, her small claim suit was for the amount of 700 and some dollars. I don't forget. It's been over two years ago. And I have the paperwork, but I don't feel like going through my files and gathering that information to look for it. But I do remember it being over $700, less than eight. Even that was a buck wild to me. I was... I was just so confused because how do you sue someone for money that you already been paid and your bundles were not overprocessed because at the end of the day, it's very difficult and very hard to overprocess anyone's hair, especially if it's quote unquote version with a 10 volume developer lightener under 45 minutes that's impossible okay (laughs) so the claim just didn't even make sense and my claim definitely was way more thorough than her claim because what I learned throughout this situation is you get to see what their claim is whenever they sue you and I read through it and it may have been three sentences long And it had no content of any value at all that would even make regular old me be convinced in her suit. And I walked them through that thing from the moment we spoke to the end of our conversations. And the good thing is, whenever I file back, she gets to see what I said. And you best believe, yes, I was countersuing her. I sure was for for emotional stress. Because when I tell y'all, I was down in the dumps. I felt so 
defeated. I felt stepped on. I felt just, I don't know, because especially when you know you didn't do anything wrong. She was completely okay with the fact that I was available initially Monday and Tuesday until I was no longer available on that Monday. That's when it all just spiraled. And I was, you have no idea how bad it feels for someone to tell you something that is completely not true about you and then take it upon themselves to make them look like an extreme victim and you are the villain all because you want to stand up for yourself that was literally it the people pleaser in me wanted to give her the money back and let her move on by her business but the Kenitra that has no people pleasing bone in her body, that Kenitra, the, the grown Kenitra, was like, no, ma'am. She want to file that suit letter. And we're going to fight this in court. And that's just what it is. And sometimes these situations with clients that are unfortunate, they be coming off so just feeling like they're so right that you will almost second guess your initial feeling about standing up for yourself. (laughs) But don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. I wish to this day, I would have never given her a refund back. I wish I would have just allowed her to move forward with her suit and see what happens. I won't ever do that again. Especially if I know I didn't do anything wrong. Like I said, I have messed up. Anybody you see out here where they are like killing it. I'm talking about their artistry is phenomenal. They messed up a lot because that is life's greatest teacher. And the people who stand out. Those are the people who take risk and understand in failure, there's growth. And that's why they exceed the way that they do. But I have not ever charged a client for a service and I knew I jacked it up. And I have jacked up some clients' heads early in my days. Okay. And I did not charge them and they wanted to pay me. And I didn't even understand that. And the crazy thing is what a lot of clients don't understand about us is we do care. We care a lot. And whenever we do not show up as our best, even when we are trying, we beat our own selves up. Now, in the consultation chameleon's case, I didn't beat myself up because I ain't do nothing. But there have been situations in the past with clients that I've experienced and the ones that I did mess up and then charge them for the services that I messed up on, I literally lose sleep. And that's why it 
bothered me so much about her because I'm like, you are literally trying to paint me out to be this stylist I see going viral all the time. And that's not who I am. (sighs) But yeah, so I shared as much as I could bear about that entire situation with the consultation chameleon. Um, Living through that for seven months was so heavy on my mental. I literally stopped clients to freely book appointments online and they would be automatically accepted. Now you have to request an appointment. Now you have to sign a salon waiver and wait on its approval depending on the day you put in your request. This is what I mean by how clients create policies that they absolutely hate and blame us for it. During that time, I shortened my days from five days a week to two days a week. I had no damn desire to even show up for my clients who I love and enjoy seeing the most. I even stopped accepting new clients because mentally and emotionally, I could not show up for them. And I could only show up for the ones who have experienced me at my highest when it comes to my energy, not my craft. I was really only able to show up with my skill set. And if it had not been a lease that I had signed at my studio, I would have walked away. The mental and emotional stress I went through during that time with the consultation chameleon was the most stressful encounter I have ever had experienced behind that chair. It took me about two to three months to feel like myself again and reopen my schedule. But this time I had more policies added to make sure I did everything to prevent encountering another consultation chameleon again. And to be honest, sometimes some just seep through the cracks, but it's very hard for them to do it. Unlike before. Here are some key takeaways from my experience with the consultation chameleon that I just want to share with anyone who ever experienced the consultation chameleon on their end. And if I didn't help y'all understand what the consultation chameleon means, it basically means like during our consultation, I just feel like, oh my goodness, this is the ideal client that I've always wanted to attract. She's even considerate. But I want to find out that she's not. So that's why she's called the consultation chameleon because she was a complete dream during the consultation. And at the salon appointment, she was like, eh. And then afterwards, she was just a complete nightmare. But anyways, (laughs) here are some key takeaways from my experience with her. Documentation. Always take pictures of your work, even if you have no intention of posting it, especially if they have not visited your salon consistently at least three times. Consider seeking legal advice or representation when faced with unreasonable client demands or legal actions. Protect your rights and interests. There was no way I was going to represent myself. I'm not a lawyer. That's not what I do. I understand who I am and what I do. 
if you want a job done and it done correctly, you hire a specialist. Okay. Two, clear communication. Although we had a consultation, I should have provided her more information about the realistic capabilities her hair was able to achieve with what she presented and not assume she automatically knew. Three, learn and adapt. Use challenging client experiences as opportunities for growth and adaptation. Learn from each experience to improve your consultation process and client interactions. Client screening is number four, which should have been number one. (laughs) You should implement a client screening process if necessary. Let me tell y'all something. After my situation with the consultation chameleon, I literally almost had it to a point where you would have to take or submit this questionnaire that I created based on a personality or characteristic trait to make sure you are okay mentally because I cannot do nothing but your hair. That's it. Anything outside of that, I will not be responsible for that because one thing I have noticed, a lot of personalities have shifted since the pandemic. And after that winter storm, It seemed like it took some people right over the cliff in Texas. I'm not even going to lie. So, yeah, I started to have it to a point where you had to submit this client screening questionnaire that would identify certain characteristic traits that I either chose to move forward with or not. Yes, it was going to be that serious for me. I'm telling you, all I went through a lot. I might then walk you through how I went through it, but I went through a lot. Five, build a support network. Maintain a support network of fellow hairstylists and salon professionals. Notice I said professionals, professionals who can offer advice and guidance when dealing with challenging clients. Notice I said professionals, okay? Next, client advocacy. Encourage satisfied clients to leave positive reviews and support your business. Happy clients can be your best advocates, okay? That's what helped me because the clients who had positive experiences with me and knew who I was down to my core and not just from one encounter, they knew my reputation and they did it with no effort. Man, when I tell you I love those girls, it's just certain clients you just wish you could afford to do more for them. It's like you meet these group of clients, this little small percentage that you have that are just, they're special to you. And it hurts for you to tell them no. Like if you, if they are looking for an appointment that's not available in your books and you have no way of accommodating them. It's so hard to tell them no. You want to bend the whole world for these clients. Okay. (laughs) Last, but certainly not least, self-care. Because when I tell you I went through so much, I had to really indulge in self-care during those moments. I had to prioritize self-care and well-being. I mean, you have to be in tune with recognizing the toll that challenging clients can take on your mental and emotional health. 
and you have to take time to recover and rejuvenate. That's why I removed myself off that schedule before I ruined my reputation. Because if you can't show up the way that you need to, it will affect your work practically and eventually your reputation. And I'm just so grateful that I could afford to pull back from five days a week to two because there are some of us who genuinely cannot do that. And I'm just so grateful that I was in a position where I could pull back financially if needed. So that's all I have for today. (laughs) I'm glad I got through that. And um, I'm just glad it's behind me and I can move forward. And. Just remember that while challenging clients can be frustrating, they also provide opportunities for personal and professional growth. And when I tell you growing pains is a real thing, honey, because that's what I had to experience. I learned a lot during that time with the consultation chameleon about the law. You know what I'm saying? Do you hear what I'm saying? I learned my do's and don'ts and limitations as a professional in the industry. And by learning from these experiences and implementing strategies to manage them effectively, me and you, we can navigate the complexities of the salon industry more successfully. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hear What I'm Saying. It's amazing how a seemingly perfect client can turn into a salon nightmare. If you got your own hair tales and questions, whether you are a professional behind the chair or a client in the chair, you can share your story with me by following me on social media at underscore hair what I'm saying underscore on both TikTok and Instagram or visit my website at www.hairwhatimsaying.com. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you enjoyed today's episode. First and foremost, a huge shout out to our outstanding podcast manager, Sophie. Sophie, you have been an absolute rock star behind the scenes, ensuring every episode runs smoothly and flawlessly. Your dedication, creativity, and attention to detail have elevated this podcast to new heights. To our listeners, if you'd like to connect with Sophie and discover more about her virtual services, you can find her on Instagram at Sophie Virtual Services. Give her a follow and trust me, you won't be disappointed. Next, I want to extend my heartfelt thanks to the talented musician who has provided the incredible music that accompanies our podcast, Doo-Wop. Doo-Wop's musical compositions have added depth and atmosphere to our show, making each episode an immersive experience. If you're as captivated by Doo-Wop's work as I am, be sure to check him out on YouTube and Instagram. Give him a follow at doo underscore 2.0. His beats and melodies are truly something special. 